Many of you received that? Glory to God. Well, we're going to talk about prayer tonight. Uh, Lord laid prayer strongly on my heart and go a little different route than we've normally gone uh, concerning prayer. I don't think I've ever taught a prayer uh, this way before. In fact, I'm sure I haven't. And uh, so we'll talk about that tonight. But uh, one of the things we want to talk about first is what is prayer? And prayer, here's a good definition of prayer. Actually, uh, somebody very famous, John Wesley, this was his definition of prayer. I think we could take that, don't you? The, his, I think he might know. And his joining for with God to carry out His will in the earth. So you might have thought prayer was fellowship with God or fell, having a little talk with Jesus. Well, it's more than having a little talk with Jesus. Amen? Now, you can have a little talk with Jesus if you want to, but that's not necessarily prayer. Fellowship with God's not necessarily prayer. Prayer is joining forces with God to carry out His will in the earth. You might ought to write that down. Amen? Tonight, I want to talk about intercessory prayer. And um, I think you'll really learn something from this. And I've never really taught on intercessory prayer. I've taught on, um, and we'll lay a little foundation first just because it's necessary. And then we'll get into intercessory prayer. And uh, But I will want to clarify one thing first. Back in the 80s, and maybe before that, but I didn't come into the movement of being the Holy Ghost Spirit-filled movement until 1980, so I don't know before that because they don't teach much anything where I came from. Except, and so anyway... Uh, uh, but back in the 80s, uh, it was popular to call all prayer intercession. And to call everybody that prayed in every prayer meeting you had, well, we're having intercessory prayer tonight. But you know, and, and you know, we, we, that's the light we had in the 80s. But the Bible never changes, but revelation is progressive. Now, uh, ten years from now, we'll know more. We'll know so much more that 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 we'll be going. Wow, we didn't know anything in in two thousand two. In certain areas, you know, I mean, of course. And so, Revelation's progressive, and 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 as the Revelation has progressed, we have found out that number one, all prayer is not intercession. Amen. Amen? And all pe ever people that pray are not necessarily intercessors. In fact, it'd be more co correct to say that I'm a prayer. Because that's not all you're doing is interceding. And we'll find that out tonight. Amen. So turn with me, if you would, um, into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And I'll lay just a small foundation for that. And you'll see that more clearly. Maybe that wasn't as clear and you didn't have as much understanding as, as what I just said as you will have. But you will see it. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, and let me turn there in the Amplified too, so that I can uh, read that to you from the Amplified version. It says, uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so we see here that he says, Praying always with all prayer, and that all prayer there, if you go over into the uh, Amplified Bible, it says, um, pray at all times on every occasion, in every season, in the prayer, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer. Instead of with all prayer, it says with all manner of prayer. And actually in the, uh, I believe it's the Goodspeed translation, it says use every kind of prayer. There's more than one kind of prayer. And you know, it's just like baseball and basketball and volleyball and softball. You know, even baseball and softball don't have the same rules. 
Did y'all know that? Even I think even softball and co-ed softball have some, some different rules. I'm not sure about that. Don't hold me to that one, but I, I think that's a possibility. You know, there's different rules for bowling. There's different rules for, for soccer, isn't there? And we can't use the same. They're not interchangeable. You can't interchange them. I mean, even me that knows nothing about sports, hardly anything, you can't interchange them. Amen? Even NASCAR has rules. You can't take them and, you know, hallelujah. Amen? I even watch that sometimes. Amen? I mean, I actually even watch that sometimes. Uh, hallelujah. I never understand it, though. <laughs> I hadn't caught on to the rules. I just don't catch that sometimes. I know it probably seems simple to y'all, but anyway, so there's all kinds of prayer. Just like there's all kinds of sports, there's all kinds of prayer, and there's different rules that govern different kinds of prayer. It's important that we understand that. important that we understand that all, not all prayer is intercession. I want you to notice there in verse 18 that he uses the word all, or a variation of the word all, four times. He says, praying always. Now that has to do with the, our time, doesn't it? And he says, with all prayer, or all kinds of prayer. We already explained that part. And supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. So there he's talking about our fervency. He's talking about our heart being on fire. He's talking about our passion level there, isn't he? And then for who? For all saints. So he tells us a lot about prayer just in one verse. He says pray always, all the time. He says pray with all kinds of prayer. In other words, you're not going to be able to use the same kind of prayer in every situation. Yeah. Amen? And uh, uh, pray with a fervency about yourself or with a perseverance about yourself. Amen? Don't be a give up kind of person. Amen. We need to have tenacity. We need to we need to we need to have a, a, a we need to be long suffering. We need to hang on. Praise God. I mean, you know, usually these signs that are on a lot of churches are are some of them are pitiful. I mean, they really are. But I saw one the other day on 69 South. I really liked. It said, uh, "Delayed prayer is not denied prayer." Boy, now that was truth. Just because there's a delay doesn't mean you've been denied. Amen? Amen. That's truth, isn't it? Hallelujah. We got some truth up there for once. I saw one the other day I liked too over, I think it was on uh, 69 North. And it said, uh, I don't usually like try Jesus. I don't believe you can try Jesus. But this one said, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will always take you back. <laughs> I thought that's now that's really kind of true. The devil will always take you back if you, Amen, Hallelujah. Do y'all read these signs too? Do y'all, you know, do y'all sometimes go? <laughs> uh, um, praise God, Amen. By the way, this is not not a, but I just want to say this while I'm thinking. While I was standing there praying, the Lord spoke to me, Chris, that you're to be looking and expecting promotion. That your promotion is coming to you. I don't know in what area or what, but promotion's coming. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Right after I gave them the <laughs> bar sign, I give, them <laughs> give her my word of knowledge. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, anyway, that's when I thought of it. <laughs> Amen. Kind of, maybe it kind of diluted that. <laughs> Amen. 
Amen. So there's different rules. And let me name some of the kinds of prayer tonight to get you thinking on my page. And uh, one of the kinds of prayer is the prayer of faith. And I will tell you this, that there is a specific kind of prayer called the prayer of faith. But every prayer we pray, every kind of prayer we pray, we have to pray in faith. Listen, I want to tell you something. If you're not praying in faith, don't even bother. Amen. Don't even bother. You might as well just whistle... um, some little song. Just whistle, row, row, row your boat instead. <laughs> just, just sing a little fairy tale, a fairy rhyme. I mean, a nursery rhyme. Uh, just sing a little nursery. If you're not going to pray in faith, you're wasting your time. Amen? You're wasting your time. So every prayer we pray, no matter what kind of prayer it is, we pray in faith. And if we're not ready to pray in faith, what, there's a one thing we need to do. Go to the Word and activate our faith. You've been given the God kind of faith. You already have it. Thank God. You were given the God kind of faith when you were born again. But, the, but faith is activated by hearing the Word of God. So you can just go open your Bible and read it out loud and activate faith. You know? So activate your faith. Take the time to activate faith before you um, are, are going to pray. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of binding and loosing. The prayer of casting your care. The prayer, the united prayer, the prayer of dedication, and another way to say that is consecration or or submission. The prayer of submission, all of those would be one. And some people say dedication, some say consecration. There's the prayer of worship, and uh, then there's the prayer of intercession. Now, I've noticed that when, and there's probably a couple of more. I've heard other teachers mention several more, but... um, uh, one thing I've noticed that when I'm teaching prayer, I always start out teaching the prayer of faith, and I've never gotten to intercession before. I don't know. It's like by the time you teach six weeks on it, you feel like you need to go somewhere else. And so you never got to the prayer of intercession. So tonight we're just going to start at the bottom of my list, and we're going to start with the prayer of intercession and talk about intercessory prayer tonight. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God intercession, first of all, let me say this, is not strange. Some people get kind of, mm, when you talk about intercession. I mean, they, you know, I think um, back in the 80s, boy, a lot of stuff went on in the 80s. We blame, you know, a lot of stuff. But I don't know, we had people, we had a woman in the church we were in, and I mean, before church, you'd come in, and it was kind of spooky coming to church because, I mean, she was up at the front or in some room somewhere, and she was making noises that sounded like somebody was having a baby in the back. And, I mean, you know, it's like nobody wanted to be an intercessor if you were going to do that. But, you know, that's not, that's not necessary. And, you know what, that kind of prayer, there are a, is a prayer with groanings that can, with groanings. There is a prayer like that. But that kind of prayer needs to be done in your closet at home. That's an in, I mean, we not shouldn't have a ba- I'd prefer somebody not have a baby right here. I mean, this is just not the setting. Would y'all say that? And this is not the setting for that kind of prayer either. Amen. And I want to tell you something. If that's the kind of prayer you pray all the time, you're imbalanced. You need to be praying with all kinds of prayer. Every time you go to pray, it shouldn't be a... And, you know, that shouldn't be the, you know, and that should not be the kind of prayer you pray every time you pray. You need to get into all kinds of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, our kids remember that. That was scary, wasn't it? I mean, it was flat. (laughs) These little kids, you know, we bring them to church. And this woman was flat scary. And she was also flaky, nutty, fruity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
So intercession is not something strained. You don't have to go into the groanings. You may go in. I've had groanings one time in my whole 20. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost since 1980. I've had groanings one time. Amen. One time. Groanings, I'm talking about when you get over into some sort of travail. Now, I'm not saying that some people don't have that more often than that. Amen. Though because we're anointed in different areas for prayer. But it's not something that we are that we should be imbalanced over, and that's the only kind of praying that we do. Intercession's not strange; it's not mystical. Okay, Amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. Now here, let me give you a definition of intercession. Intercession is simply bringing two people together who are separated by differences. Intercession is simply bringing two people together who are separated by differences. In other words, when we are in intercession, we're bringing God and a person together who are separated by something. Something separating God from doing what He wants to do in somebody's life. I want to tell you um, another definition, real simple. Going to our Father for someone else. Intercession is simply going to our Father for someone else. You don't pray the prayer of intercession for yourself. You pray the prayer of supplication for yourself. You pray the prayer of faith for yourself. You pray the prayer of consecration and dedication and submission for yourself. You can't pray the prayer of consecration, dedication, and submission for somebody else. You can't say, Lord, have your way in my life. I submit to your will. I yield myself to you and I dedicate myself to you. And Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. You can only pray that for yourself. 99% of the time, you can only pray the the prayer of faith for yourself. You can't pray the prayer of faith for somebody else. You can intercede on their behalf. And you do that in faith. So sometimes people get confused and they want to pray the prayer of faith for somebody else. Now, sometimes you can take somebody somewhere on just your faith. If they're just a really, really baby Christian, sometimes you can pray the prayer of faith for them. But most of the time you can't. But you can intercede. Okay, so we go to our Father for someone else. I want to tell you my definition of intercession. This is real simple. Intervention. We could call it the prayer of intervention. The Holy Spirit gave me that word. When we intercede, we're intervening. We're intervening in somebody's life. We're intervening in the course of events that's taken place. We're intervening in the plots, the enemy, and the plans, and the destruction that the enemy's trying to carry out in somebody's life. Amen? So we're, we're, we're in the ministry of intervention then. Um, why intercession? Let's talk about that for a minute. Number one reason why intersection, intercession is because God wants to do things in the earth, and He needs us to be co-labors with Him. He needs us to be co-labors with Him, and He wants to do things in the earth. The second reason for intercession is God wants to bless people, including people in your family. I want to tell you, husbands, you are your wife's chief intercessor. Wives, you are your husband's chief intercessor. You are the prayer that can most uh, take on that job. Don't leave that to somebody else. And listen, that, that's, what, that's the greatest need, I would say, in marriages is for husbands to pray for wives and for wives to pray for their husbands. We're in a battle here in this earth. There are powers and principalities, not to mention uh, physical and hormones and all the other things that we deal with in life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. And we can take we need to take responsibility in our spouse's life to be their intercessor. And I want to tell you absolutely you're to be the intercessor for your children. Amen. And it's the highest way you the highest I can intercede for this man better than I can intercede for anybody else on earth because I have a covenant with him. Now, I, do you know you don't have covenant with your children? And they're just loaned to you? You've just been given stewardship over them. They're not yours. They're the Lord's. And you've been given a... I do not have covenant with these children. That's why I better make sure that I put him first. Even when they're little bitty babies and growing up. Because they're going to get up and leave one day as they already have. Now, they're already officially gone now. Uh, even the baby, he left. He left this week, went into his little cottage, and amen, spent the night by himself and all. <laughs> and I had, I had empty nest syndrome Saturday. I cried Saturday and squalled and, and beat Michael up. <laughs> you, know, you know, I had to, I had, got on pastor and... You know, took my frustrations out on him because I was having my little empty nest day, and then I was over it. <laughs> I mean, you're like, well, you, I just don't believe in moping and stuff, you know, and I don't believe in taking this too far, you know. Anyway, hallelujah, praise God. But I did tell him he could come back if he changed his mind until he's married. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Um, but anyway, where was I? But anyway, we, I've got a covenant with this man, so I can intercede for him so easily. And I, but, but, but also, these boys, these men now, these men are in my realm of authority. As long as they, even though they're grown, they're still within a realm of authority. Now, they're not in the same realm of authority they were when they were 5 and 10 years old. Amen. Amen. They were absolutely under my authority at that point. I had absolute authority in their life. I was, yeah, we, it was God. We were God to them. You are God to your children. That's why you need to act like it. That's why you need to act godly. Amen? Because kids don't relate that well to God so much, but they relate real well to you. But anyway, so uh, but I have a certain realm of authority there. I have a certain realm of authority. I'm not sovereign in Carter's life, but there is a realm of authority that I have in Carter's life. Amen? And you know what? I have authority in your life. If you've joined yourself to this church, Pastor and I have an authority in your life. You've joined yourself. You've come under. You've said, this is my pastor. I'm under your covering. You've given us authority in your life. You've given us authority and prayer in your life. That's why it's so foolish for people to say, oh, well, we're going to leave the church. Well, where are you going? I don't know. That is stupidity gone to seed. Ignorance gone to seed. Supernatural ignorance. You can't get that ignorant without the devil's help. That's what supernatural ignorance is. That's the definition. You can't get that ignorant. Why? Because you're coming out from underneath. Nobody has any right to cover you. Nobody has any authority in your life. Nobody Amen. And especially a lot of times, if you're like my parents, they, they love me and they pray, but they don't have a revelation of prayer in an intercession sort of way. Do you know what I'm saying? And some of you are in that same boat where you have godly parents and they love you and they're good people, but they don't have the revelation you have, so they can't cover you. Amen. 
And so anyway, just a little side trip there. The third, the second, so I told you first thing is God wants to do things in the earth and he needs us to be co-labors. Secondly, God wants to bless people, including your family, but also uh, including some other people. And did you notice there in verse 18 of Ephesians, it said, and all, with all perseverance and supplication for who? All saints. For all saints. For all saints. Amen. So uh, he's given us authority in prayer and intercession for all saints. So we have, we have a certain realm. Of course, not as much authority as I have in Michael's life. I have a covenant with him. I can pray in a way for him that, and intercede for him that I can't for anybody else. And for my children, I can pray for, in a way. And, and my grandchildren... And I tell you, I believe so much in the power of a grandmother's prayers. It's all the difference. My parents were backslid my whole life. I'm telling you, my whole growing up years, my parents were backslid. I had two praying grandmothers, a great-grandmother, Pentecostal, great-grandmother that prayed me through until she died when I was in fifth grade. But she got out in advance in the spirit and prayed things. And then I had a, my great, my grandmother, uh, my dad's mother, was a praying woman. She prayed all four grandkids, saved, and three of them were raised Episcopalian. Or as we call it, whiskey paying. I'm sorry. And I, <laughs> no, no, if you're a Episcopalian, forgive me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just maybe. But I mean, you know, they don't preach salvation every week. You know, so God's got to intervene to get you saved. Amen? Amen. If you're in the Episcopal church. And uh, so, um, <laughs> my, anyway, I won't tell you that story. But anyway, and so she prayed, and, and she prayed, she prayed, Michael and I baptized in the Holy Ghost. She prayed that out. Amen? Now, she had to pray it out because we wouldn't listen to her. She'd give us books and we wouldn't read them. And we loved her, but we loved her as granny, and we loved her biscuits and her gravy and her, you know, and her cream pies, and we'd love to go visit with her, but we didn't want to hear about her spiritual experiences because we thought she was a little bit fruity. She had a purse that she painted Jesus on the front. I mean, nobody carries a Jesus purse, you know. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, she was sweet. She was fun. Anyway, but she prayed us baptized in the Holy Ghost and she prayed a labor across our path. Amen. She flat prayed two people from Roscoe, Texas across our path. And all they did was get up and sing a few scripture songs and give their testimony. And we were just like, oh, Jesus, help us. Give us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I mean, we were. I mean, she did that. And I, and I mean, she, I never rebelled against my parents. I never, it never crossed my mind to rebel. It was her prayers. That's all it was. I'm telling you, it, that's all it was. She... <clears throat> I was like the perfect kid. Just ask my dad. I mean, he'll tell you. It was like I was the perfect kid because I never rebelled. I never, I never, I never came in late. I never, I never did anything. I got grounded one time in high school. Called my daddy a fool, and that was not the thing to do. <laughs> Had to beg to get off of that. I mean, do not call your dad a fool. Do not. It is. Of course, I probably would have beat the tar out of mine. He just. He just grounded me. Amen. But he knew how to get me because he grounded me from seeing him. So he knew how to get me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, it was grandma's prayers, grandmother's prayers. 
Amen. And I tell you, I don't, she didn't stop there. She didn't even go to be with the Lord till we moved to Birmingham. And her prayers, till after that, her prayers changed a family, changed a, she just had impact everywhere she went because of her prayers. I'm telling you, she will be in high places in heaven. Not because she's perfect. Our, I mean, of all people, our family knows Granny Hicksie's faults. You know, families always know your faults. Amen? But I'm telling you, she was a prayer and she was a soul winner. And I'm telling you, she's in high places in heaven. Because we're qualifying ourselves right now for what we're going to do in heaven. You know that, don't you? Amen? We're qualifying ourselves right now. And so grandmothers have powerful, powerful influence in prayer. Powerful, powerful. and But we're to be praying also for all saints. We are not supposed to be the kind of people that says, bless me, my four, no more. In other words, just pray for my husband, my kids, and my grandkid, and don't care if anybody else in the world goes to hell. That's not, what, that's not Jesus. That's not love. Amen? And if we've got, the Bible says that if we really know God, we'll love the brethren. Amen? Isn't that what First John says? We'll have a compassion. We'll have a caring for the brethren. And love is not just, oh yeah, I love you. No, love is deed. Love is laying down your life. Love is giving yourself for. Amen? Amen. The third thing is, the reason for intercession, is God wants to prevent tragedy. God always wants to stop tragedy in this dispensation. Now when the church is raptured out of here... He's going to come down and he's going you, you, everybody wants to blame God for something. You can blame him then. Because he, we're, we're going to have, Jesus is going to come in on a white horse. Amen. And there's going to be some slaying and some ripping and some tearing and some all sorts of stuff going on. But right now, we're not, Jesus, uh, God wants to intervene in every tragic situation. Amen. He wants to stop things. Amen. He wants to stop them before the hay happen, and he needs us to do that. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 22. Everything, Oklahoma City could have been prevented. The, the, the World Trade Center, thank you, thank you for helping me there. I was like, uh, uh, what is that place? The World Trade Center could have been prevented. Amen? Hallelujah. And you know what? There were prayers... That had picked that picked up on that before it happened. In fact, uh, I heard Billy Brim say, and she's a very uh, good prayer in the body of Christ. Really has that uh, a ministry of prayer. And she said she got on the phone and called Rachel Turfetiller, who is another one that really has a ministry of prayer. And she said, Rachel, didn't you? Did you? She said, I knew it. I had it all week. I had it all week. But I just, I there wasn't enough of me. See, it's not always one person isn't always enough for some of those big things. Amen? Amen. God wants to intervene in your children's life. He wants to prevent things. Amen? It's much better to prevent things than to have God solve problems for you. He'll be a problem solver for you, but He'll be preventive if you'd let Him. Amen? If He can find a grandmother, He'll be preventive. If He can find a mother, He'll be preventive. Amen? Now, if you don't have a mother or a grandmother, you can do these things in faith for yourself. Amen? Amen. Okay. 
So we have the uh, Ezekiel 22, verse 29. Um, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So we see there that there was trouble there was tragedy, there was oppression, there was poverty, there was, there was all of those things. And the Lord says, I sought for a man. I just looked for somebody that would stand in the gap, that would make up the hedge. And so God's looking for men and women today to uh, intervene, to stop some things. See those things in verse 29 that he says there, uh, uh, the oppression and robbery and those things. Those things are demonically inspired. Amen. That's demonically inspired things. Tragedy is demonically inspired. Car wrecks are demonically inspired. Either inadvertently, you know, sometimes people run red lights and stuff, but those things can even be demonically inspired. Amen? And you know, if we have intercession and we have those things out there preventing, we can prevent those things from, from occurring uh, for, for people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's true. So verse 30, he sought for a man. Now, why does God need a man? We need to answer that question. Why does God need a man? Well, the answer is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26, I'll read it to you, I'm already there. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. Do you hear that? Let them have dominion over all the earth. Now who's in dominion in the earth? Is God in dominion? No. See, you know, sometimes you see bumper stickers. See, the devil wants to get you brainwashed to believe in something else. You'll see a bumper sticker that says, God's in control. Now, is God in control? He's sure doing a lousy job, isn't he? Isn't he? No, God's not in control. God's in control in heaven. And there's total peace and total victory and total health. Amen? And total love. That's where God's in control. Who's in control in the earth? Who's got dominion? Man. That's why he's seeking for a man to stand in the gap. He's got to have a man to stand in the gap. I know, I'm talking about a man or a woman, mankind. Amen? You've got to stand in the gap for your family. Amen? you got to stand in the gap because I know that you're just like me and you think that you, your little children would not do anything stupid. You think that. You know, my kids progressively as they get older confess to me things that they did as they, when they were children. You know, it's not that long ago till I found out that when we lived on a certain street in Seminole, that there was a sewer drain under there, and that they regularly went under the street and played storm drain. Uh, and they regularly went under the street and played in the storm drain. Regularly. 
I mean, they're just blessed I didn't catch them. They, y'all, y'all would, they, they might not have lived to, te- to, 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 to be here tonight. I mean, and you know, I know you think, but see, you know, the thing I was doing was I was praying. You're not going to keep your kids from ever doing anything. You're not going to keep them from ever seeing sin. That would be impossible to keep them from ever seeing sin in this earth. If you do, you're going to have to lock them in a closet to keep them from ever seeing sin. You'll never, you can't take them to the mall. You can't take them to the mall. Yeah, that would be sin right there. Uh, And you're not going to be, but the one way you can protect them is in prayer. You know, the only thing that's going to keep your children, young or old children, is the Word of God. The Word of God spoken over them in prayer is now, of course, we don't just speak the, go in the our closet and we pray and we speak the Word all day and we don't ever even go outside and check on them to see what they were doing. I promise you, I wasn't just ignoring them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, but they still, you know, they told me the other day. I mean, I can't believe this. I mean, I'm just like, I'm still not over this one. That they actually used to get a gun out that we had in our house. I, ne- I would never have dreamed these two children would have done that. I would have told you anybody else's kids in the whole world would have done that. But they actually would, and we didn't have bullets with it, but somehow they had found some bullets and they would actually load that gun when they were kids. Now, I, I, I mean, I'm telling, don't ever do that, kids. I'll just tell you this. For one thing, your parents are going to, they're going to whoop you so bad if they catch you. <laughs> Amen. But I want to tell you something, parents. If you're an intercessor, when your kids don't use wisdom and every child has foolishness bound up in their heart and every child is going to do something foolish, it may be something different, but they're going to do something foolish. Amen. They're going to talk to a stranger when you've told them not to talk to strangers. Or they're going to do something foolish in their life. But if you're a prayer, if you're an intercessor, amen, amen. then there's prevention in intercession. There's also, a, a, a when the crisis comes and we didn't have prevention, there is a solving of the problem in intercession. And we're going to get to that a little bit later here. Okay, let's go on tonight, So, because I think y'all caught. I didn't mean to tell everything. I didn't tell everything bad my kids did. Amen, just the two main that, you know. Anyway, (laughs) I want to tell you something tonight, that we are in the church guilty of thinking intercession is somebody else's responsibility. Why, I'm not responsible. I'm a worship leader. Or I'm, I'm not picking on Kevin, but you know, just thinking, just thinking we have another ministry. I'm not the prayers. Those prayers are those ladies, those little old ladies down at the church. Of course, in this church, we don't have any little old ladies. We're all young. Amen? We're all young little ladies or whatever. <laughs> little young ladies. Anyway, the, the, the little old ladies, you know, we're the ushers and they are the ones responsible for the intercession. But I want to tell you something. You are that man. 
You have a circle of influence around you. First of all, we talked about your wife, your husband, your children. But I want to tell you something. You have people that you know that God has caused you to be introduced to, that God's caused you to have relationship with. Some of them you may not see again, but at any point in time, God can call those people up before your face. And you know, the people that you know, that's your sphere. That's the people that God wants you responsible to intercede for. You may say, well, Debbie, I don't know, um, I don't know where the gap is. But I can tell you real simply where the gap is. Every one of you knows, can see the gap right now. All you have to do is look into your family and your friends' lives and see the ones that have a problem. Where there's a problem, that's where there's a gap. Anywhere there's a problem, that's where the gap is. That's where the gap is. If your child's having a problem in school, get in the gap. Amen? If your grandmother's got a problem, get in the gap. Amen? You know, a lot of times we can't say much to our families. Grandmothers usually don't let grandchildren teach them. Actually, grandmothers let grandchildren teach them better than mothers and dads let children teach them. Amen? Grandmothers get a little more soft and pliable as they, you know, we get, all get softer as we get older. Amen? Praise God. <laughs> Some of you say, praise God. No. <laughs> anyway, but if you have a friend at the office that's got a problem, get in the gap. Get in the gap. And you know, getting in the gap doesn't have to be an all-day thing. I think the devil tries to tell us, I don't have time for intercession. If you have time to drive down the road and speak the word, you have time to be an intercessor, to be an intercession. Father, I lift up Jane to you, and I just speak the word in her situation. I thank you, Lord, that you send your word and heal her and deliver her from her destruction. I ask you to send a laborer across her path, whatever the Holy Ghost calls for in that situation. See, that's being a gap stander. And I, so we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, you are that man, your circle, your spouse, your church family. You know, we're not supposed to look at, oh, you know, I hear they're having marriage problems, you know. Well, somebody else will pray. Pastor will pray. You know, a lot of times pastors don't even know they're having marriage problems. Did you know that? A lot of times you know something. You know you may be sitting in church and you may can tell by somebody, look on somebody's face, I need to pray for them. You know, you, that's being a gap filler. Amen. You know, if you don't have time to be an intercessor, you'll spend the time you're going to be an intercessor sitting at the hospital. It'll catch up to us if we don't. If we don't stand in the gap, it'll catch up to us eventually. Amen. Glory to God. The people you've met. And you know those burdens that you have. You know, I think people resist prayer. You know, they've heard the old timers say, talk about a prayer burden. Amen. Y'all ever heard prayer burden? I've got a prayer burden. I want to tell you something about a prayer burden. Uh, Pastor, or somebody stand up. Karen, stand up. I pick on Karen. <laughs> Let me tell you what a prayer burden is. Turn around here and put your back like that. Right there. Just like that. A prayer burden is a pressing. Now don't go forward. Brace yourself, girl. I know I'm not very strong. Brace yourself. A prayer burden is a press. It's a press on you. 
It's a press to prayer. It is not, oh, heavy. I can't sleep all night. I mean, I can't eat. That is demonic. If you are under a burdens of prayer where you can't sleep and eat and you're oppressed and you're heavy and you've lost your joy because of all the problems that you're praying for people, you have took on a responsibility that is not yours. You have got under a demonically inspired... That's not the burden of prayer. The burden of prayer is a press, an urging, an urging. It's, a, it's, it's an urging, a strong urging to pray, pray, pray. And it's not ever, we, we, you can't pray in faith if you're under some kind of heavy burden of prayer, even for your relatives. I'm telling you, go with victory. If you go to the hospital and they're about to take their last breath, you don't go until you got the victory and you can go up there and bring light and bring victory to the situation. Because if you go up there and squall and bawl with the rest of them, you aren't going to do nothing. But get them there faster. To the grave, that is. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about the tools of intercession. The tools of intercession are the Word of God. Jeremiah 1.12 says, My Word will not return to me void. So the first thing we do when we intercede is we go and we begin to bring up the Word before the Father. It will not return to Him void. He is obligated to do all within His power to perform that Word in the people's life that we bring it before Him. So if you've got a husband or a, a sister that's not where they need to be or a child, get the Word, first of all, and get it out there every day on their behalf. Get it out there every day. And I would just encourage you, even if you've got good, obedient children, which I did. I did not mean to insinuate my kids were not good, obedient children, because they were. That's why I never suspected they were in the drain. Because they were doing everything I said. They were saying yes ma'am and no ma'am. They were cleaning house, doing the yard work, doing their chores. So I never dreamed they were in the drain. If they had been little hellions, I'd have known to go out and look in the drain. You know, I, I didn't know. Amen. Because they were being obedient. So I don't want you to think that they weren't obedient children. They were. They were the best kids that ever was. They still are. Huh? They, they were hiding from me. I, mean, I used to do that. My mother taught me to work, so I taught my kids to. So I would hide from her on Saturday morning, too. I'd sneak, I'd crawl out the window of my bedroom, pretend I was asleep, and I'd crawl out the window and go outside and play. Amen. Amen. Praise God. They were hiding from me. But anyway, uh, even if you don't have, if your kids are good kids, keep the Word out there every day. In my book that I wrote, Victorious Children, which is available to all of y'all, in the back of it are the scriptures that I prayed all their lives for them. Amen? One of the things that I prayed over them all their lives is, Lord, my children will never be unequally yoked with anyone who is inconsistent with the faith. Amen? All of their lives, putting that Word out. Putting that word out. I sat on the front porch. I would just, just, I very rarely would miss a day putting the word out on their behalf. Amen. And Pastor and I prayed over, he prayed Proverbs 31 over me. And I prayed Psalm 112 over him for years and years and years. And I still do that. I still do that. Now I add some other ones to it. But Psalm 112 is a great scripture. Pray that over your husbands, ladies. Psalm 112, pray Proverbs 31 over your wife. Uh, you know, pray those things. Start speaking the word over them instead of talking the problem. Amen? 
Amen. So our first tool of intercession is the Word. Our second tool of intercession is tongues. Our prayer language. Romans 8, verse 26. We'll turn there tonight. That is our second tool of intercession. Amen. Now when I'm interceding for somebody, I like to say, Father, I just lift up so-and-so to you, and then I pray in tongues. Amen? So then, you know, God may know, even if you, but that way you know. You don't know. Well, I, I you know, somebody, you, I, you may pray in tongues an hour and don't ever mention anybody in prayer. You know, Paul said, I made mention of you in my prayers. Amen? Amen? And if you pray in tongues for an hour and you don't ever mention anybody, you may get through and somebody may come and say, man, I hope you prayed for me today. And you go, man, I don't know if I did or not. Hope I did. Amen. You know, you can encourage people by saying, I'm praying for you. That's it. Amen. You know, and even then, sometimes God will speak something to you as you're praying. Maybe a word of encouragement. Something you can say, I was praying for you today, and man, I tell you. And you can help people by telling them that. People that won't receive anything. I know I got to tell a lady today, not in our church, but had gone through some really bad, bad dental surgery and just having a hard time. I said, you know, I remembered you were having that that day, and I prayed for you, and I lifted you up. And you know, she was blessed. It blessed her. Before I left, she said, she said, now you pray for me tonight. You remember me. You know. Uh, and so it blesses people. It helps them. Amen. It helps me to know. You know, if Pastor Webb called us up and said, man, I was praying for you today, I'd be going, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father cares. Somebody in this world cares. You know, it makes us know Father cares. I mean, it makes us know. It's good to call people and tell them, you know, I was praying for you today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So uh, in uh, Romans 8, verse 26, it says, uh, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. See, there's just so far we can go. We, you know, there's, we may look at somebody and we may go, man, they, 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 got, they got depression. I, you can kind of see depression a lot of times, you know. And so you may say, well, okay, I've got some scriptures. The joy of the Lord's their strength, and I begin to speak those things over. But there's just so far I can go. You know, a lot of people got scrambled eggs inside. They got all sorts. Of, they got spaghetti all mixed up. And got, only the Holy Ghost can go inside somebody and straighten out all the stuff that's wrong in the emotions. Only the Holy Spirit can restore our souls. As Psalm 23 says, He's my shepherd. He restores my soul. I like to pray that over people. Father, I thank You that You restore their soul, their mind, will, and emotion. It's been, when it's been damaged, where it's been hurt, where it's been wounded, You restore them. Amen? Amen. And so we can only go so far with that, though. And so then we pray in the Spirit. He says He helps our weaknesses because we don't really know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, I mean, we don't, that doesn't mean we don't know anything in prayer. But we don't know enough a lot of times. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession. See that word intercession? For the saints according to the will of God. When you pray in the Spirit for the saints, you're praying the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Now, of course, as we pray in the Spirit, we pray the Word, we pray in Spirit. When thing, As the Holy Spirit brings understanding to us, we can also... Use use some more of our tools. Uh, and, and we don't use this tool just indiscriminately, but one of our tools is the prayer of binding and loosing. We may feel led of the Spirit to bind something. We may feel led of the Spirit to loose something. 
But if we're always binding the devil, we get too devil conscious. If everything's got a demon, no, a lot of things are just flesh. Amen. Now, sometimes there is, a, you know, and the Holy Spirit will let us know when we need to bind and when we need to loose. Amen. So we're not devil conscious, but that is one of our tools. Hallelujah. Just trying to keep. And then also the, another tool is the prayer of understanding. You know, Paul said, I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray with my understanding. Well, I pray in the spirit, but when I get understanding, it's time to pray it. Amen. Not just, well, oh, yeah, I thought of that today. No, when you think of it, when it comes to your mind, when it comes to your heart, then you pray with your understanding. That's one of the tools that we have. But I want to tell you something. Your understanding will always agree with the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. And you need to, if you start getting things like, well, man, she has a spirit of, of a, I don't know, rosemary or something. Well, I mean, you need to, you know, you got something, you know. And there's been all sorts of weird and flaky people. We're not trying to be weird and flaky. Amen. I don't believe we're supposed to be. Now let me give you some techniques. I gave you some reasons why. I gave you some tools. Now let me give you some techniques. These are things that I've come to understand through the years for praying with people. And by revelation, the Holy Spirit showed me. Let's just say that... Uh, um, somebody comes into the church tonight and one of you raises your hand and says, I've got a cousin and uh, they were in a car wreck today and, you know, they're not expected to live or something. Let's just say that's what the doctors are saying. And they raise their hand. And, you know, so I go home and the Holy Spirit's urging me. Or, or you know, <clears throat> maybe they shared it after church and we're not dealing with it in church, let's say. I'm going to tell you something. Always, when you don't know the situation, always pray the highest level. Always pray the highest level. By that I mean, you know, sometimes we go, well, I don't know if they're a believer or not. I don't know if they're in faith. I don't know, I don't know what they're confessing. I don't know what's going on here. I don't even know. You know, always pray the highest level. Always pray God will send His Word and heal them. I always pray, God, God, intervene in this situation. I pray they'll live and not die. I pray, God, that, you know, so always pray to the highest level. Amen? When you don't know the situation. Now, when you go up to, if you know somebody, say it's your aunt, and you go to, up to DCH tonight, and uh, you, you're going to visit her, and you're going to pray. In that situation, find out where her faith is. Find out what she's believing. Now, in that other situation, you didn't know them. You didn't have any way to find out. So you pray to the highest level. But if you, like, let's just say that you, she's, they've found cancer in her breast, let's just say, and she, the, the doctors are saying, have a mastectomy. And you're like, no, bless God. We're a covenant people. The Bible says that He'll preserve our spirit, soul, and body blameless, intact until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. No, you need to find out where she's believing. Find out where she's believing and get in agreement with her. Amen? If she may be believing to come through the surgery and it to be quick and it to be easy and to be um, uh, and to recover quickly and uh, uh, to not ever have to have radiation or chemo. And she is really able to hook up with you at that level. Then hook up with her at that level. Amen? Amen? Because you'll never override what she's believing and speaking anyway. You'll never be able to override it. So hook up with her at that level. 
agree on the level that you can find her at and get in agreement and pray the prayer of agreement and bless God, we think it'll be just like that and you'll see results every time and she'll have a victory testimony instead of you going in there and saying, now Father, I thank you she'll never even have to have this surgery and I thank you that lump's going to disappear. Well, you know what? You're going to be disappointed. She's going to be disappointed. Everybody's going to be disappointed in God. But he can't go past what she's believing in, where her faith really is, and what she's saying. Amen. Amen. Now, sometimes in some situations, you may have an opportunity to take the Word of God and to raise her up a level. There you go. Amen. Brother Hagin talks about how he talked a lot of people out of dying that he took the Word of God and showed them in Psalm 91 how God wanted to satisfy them with long life. And he would tell them, you know, if you want to die and go on to be with Jesus, fine, but let God heal you first. And then if you want to go, we'll just go on. And you know, he'd talk them into living. Amen. Amen? So if you can, but you can do that. But if they're, you know, if you've got a, sometimes we get family and grandma, she's saying, man, I am ready to go home. I'm ready to see Jesus. And the family's going, oh, father, don't let mother die. Keep mother here with us. That's so dumb. And it's so selfish. Amen. Amen. Listen, if she's, if she, what she's speaking, if she's saying, I want, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go see Jesus. Do you know what she's saying? I'm satisfied. Amen. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of you, Ken folks. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you all about my little grandmother. My grandmother, we always thought Granny would outlive Grand Grand by a long shot. We always wanted her to. I told her one time, I said, if you go first, I'll raise you from the dead. Don't you leave us with him. I mean, because he was just a little pill. You know, he was sweet and we loved him, but he was a little bit more trouble. Do you know what I'm saying? Than she was. <laughs> he was a whiner, feel sorry for yourself and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, and Granny was always, praise God, upbeat, you know, had the victory, witnessing, amen. And so, so she went on to be with the Lord. And so, like, the next week, Grand Grand's saying, I just want to go be with Hixie. I just want to go be with Hixie. Now, my aunt, who's Episcopalian, now, she, you got to understand, I'm telling you all a family joke. We laughed. We laughed. She said, that old coot, he won't even give her any peace. She finally got peace, and now he's wanting to go up there and disturb it again. <laughs> of course, she didn't understand heaven and all that. But anyway, <laughs> and we didn't think he was an old coot, but my aunt did. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But see, some people just don't have any understanding where heaven's concerned. Amen. And some people don't understand. So we got to get with people <clears throat> where they are. Amen. Now, I'll tell you another little technique for intercession. Don't ever ask why about people. If you, if you start looking around this church and going, why'd they do that? You know what? The first thing you're going to do is step out of love. Soon as you step out of love, you're going to quit praying. Why did Miss Debbie say that? Why does Miss Debbie talk about her grandparents? You know, why does Miss Debbie, why does Miss Debbie do that? Why does Pastor do that? Why, why, why? Take why out. That's kind of a whiny word. Why? Yeah. You know, don't ask why. Just pray. Pray for people. If you ask why, but your cousin. 
You know, if you step out of love and begin to say, well, you know, if they wouldn't do that, they wouldn't have had this little accident. If they was living right, see, people are always going to be at all levels of spiritual maturity, and we're to be walking in love. And if we have more light, we're not supposed to quit praying for somebody because they're not doing exactly like we think. And you know, I found that a lot of times, uh, you know, here's the mountain. You know, we're never going to see everything absolutely the same. Culturally, the way we were raised, we see, and you know, you could be right with God and me not think you were. Just because how you were doing something. Amen? Or I could be right with God. I'm tell you, I am right with God. Amen? I'm right with God. And you can say, I, I just don't understand her. I don't think she ought to do that. I don't think that's just not right. But see, I'm just looking at something different than you're looking at it. Amen? Amen? Amen. And, and either one of us could be wrong or possibly both of us are wrong. You know, and one day God, when he gets ready, will give me revelation in those areas. Amen. You know, sometimes some of us, we need revelation in so many areas. He can't get it all to us all at once. He's just got to work on priorities here, y'all. So y'all are going to have to put up with some little things. He'll get around to them, but he's working on priorities in my life. He's doing this on a priority basis in your life. And I mean, maybe saying, you know, she really shouldn't do that. And God's over here working on you about something totally different. He's not even talking to you about that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, you know, the devil gets involved when we ask why. I don't think they should do that. I don't think that's how they ought to do that. You're just tangling yourself up in a web. You just got, you know what? You've just got to live right and leave everybody else up to God. Amen. Amen. If you start worrying about why Pastor and Miss Debbie do certain, just come and get the food. Amen. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, there's not one in Tuscaloosa. Actually, there's not one in the whole earth. Amen. Amen. They're going to do, you know, and, and you know, a lot of times God just has purposes for things that we can't see. Amen. Amen. So we just have to trust God with people. Amen. The next thing about uh, technique is don't ever blame God. Don't ever blame God. If you pray for Sister Susie and it doesn't work out just like you prayed, you just understand this. And this is my last point about that. Always know this. If you were an intercessor and you spoke the word and prayed in tongues, God always answered at the highest level that he possibly could. Amen. He always went to, that's why you always want to pray to the highest level when you don't know the situation, because he will answer to the highest level he possibly can. Now, you know, I mean, if we pray, oh, Father, you know, somebody's got diabetes, and we go, oh, Father, I pray they won't lose their foot. I mean, I pray they'll only, I'm just, let me start that way. oh, Father, I pray they'll only lose half their foot. Well, that's not praying to the highest level, is it? Let's pray they won't lose it at all if we don't know them. Amen? And then, you know, then if God is not, God will go to the highest level. They may be speaking something totally different than that. And see, He can't go past what they're speaking. See, y'all think, a lot of you thought He could. Well, God, you just intervene past what they're speaking. No. Mark eleven twenty three says that I will have whatsoever I say. So if I'm saying it, I'm going to have it. 
Amen? Whether I understand the principle or not. Gravity works whether I understand it or not. I don't really understand it. I'm not very scientific. I don't really understand what makes it work. But it works for me. Amen? Sowing and reaping works whether you totally understand the principle or concept. Of, you may not be a, a botanist and know why the seed does this and that. It's going to work for you. Amen? I mean, sowing and reaping works. My bird seed falls out of my... The birds scatter bird seed as they're eating in it. I tell you, sowing and reaping works. They put it on the ground, it sprouts up. And I got wheat. Amen? <laughs> sowing and reaping works in our lives. We may not want it to work. We may not intend for it to work. We may not intend to talk things that we shouldn't talk. But if we're talking them, we're having them. Amen? Over our children, in our finances, in our bodies. Amen? Amen. That's right. And if your grandmother, you may love her with all your heart. You may not want her to die. But if she's talking dying, she's going. She's going. Amen. She's going. Now you can talk her out of talking it. But sometimes you just can't. Especially, you know, if they get a glimpse over there. If they start, you know, a lot of times people get sick. Not God's will or anything. But they'll get a glimpse over it. They'll start getting glimpses over into glory. You can't talk them into staying once they start seeing in glory. Amen. Amen. So don't ever blame God. Don't ever say, well, He must not answer. Listen, if you interceded, He answered. He answered at the highest level that He was able to go to. Amen. He answered to the highest level. He always goes to the highest level. He always goes to the highest level in our lives. The Bible says, family, when you are tested and tried, don't you ever say, I've been tested and tried of God. He is not testing you to see if you love Him by withholding finances. No, He is not. He is not testing and trying us. Amen. Now the devil, you start speaking the word and he'll try it. He'll try the word. See if you mean what you say. God's blessing you to the highest level he's able to right now. God's healing you to the highest level he's able to right now. He's promoting you to the highest level that you're speaking right now. You're just as strong today. And you're just, you know, if you're speaking tired, you are tired because... Whatsoever man, whatever you say, you'll have whatever you say. Mark eleven twenty three. If you say you're tired, you're going to be tired. You're going to be perpetually tired. You're going to be really tired. Well, man, if you keep speaking, you're going to have chronic fatigue syndrome. You have to be being medicated. You're so tired. Amen. What are you saying? You're saying, as my day is, so shall my strength be. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. This is not an age thing. This is not an age thing. I know it's not because I've seen on TV 120-year-old people doing stuff and 102-year-old people doing stuff and 89-year-old people out working in the heat of the day. You know Barry's grandmother. Lord, they had to sell the lawnmower because that little old lady was getting out in the heat of Alabama, something, pushing the lawnmower, and she liked it, and she was mad at them for getting, taking the lawnmower away from her. 
But And they wouldn't have because she had the strength, but she got where she couldn't see so good and she's falling in holes and stuff. <laughs> see, it's not an age thing. She, you know, if we get up, so I feel like mowing the lawn today. 89 years old, 90 years old, out mowing the lawn. You know, and I, you know, we say things we, I'm, I'm hot. Oh, I'm hot. Oh, I'm hot. My mother goes, Jimmy, I'm hot. Jimmy, I'm hot. <laughs> that's my mother. I mean, that's one of her little, she blows her bangs up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and you know, God got on to me. I I went through all that. I'm cold. I'm so cold. I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm cold. I have what I say. Nobody's ever said I'm normal. I'm I'm just normal. I'm just right. I'm just right. You know, we're either hot or cold. You know, we always have hot and cold and hot and cold in the church. Amen. Just wears Bobby out. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. Amen. No, I'm not confessing that over you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. All of these things, you say, no, 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 we're not having those things. Yes, we are. Oh, that just makes me so mad. You'd quit getting mad all the time if we'd quit saying that. Or that just drives me crazy. Oh, no. I, I, I got, you know, I kind of got, I got where I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say I was crazy because I got a bunch of crazy ants that literally are crazy, you know. We got crazy running through the generations in our family. So I was like, I'm not going to confess that. So I started saying it this way. That just drives me up the wall. Y'all think that's any better? I don't. No, I don't think that's any better. Do you? You know, in our little dog, we said, you know, she's a Westie, a West Highland White Terrier. When we first got her, we said she's a terrorist, a West Highland White Terrorist. I can't believe we said that. Us knowing better. But, you know, sometimes we're just not thinking about that. When we first moved to Alabama, pastor said the whole first year, man, it's like breathing underwater here. It's like breathing underwater. And, you know, we finally said, you know, we need to quit confessing this. Amen. Uh, that just blew me away. Gloria Copeland said she always said that just blew me away. And she was preaching a meeting down, I believe it was in Tallahassee. And a tornado come through and literally just blew the top of the building off. And she said God gave her a revelation. She needs to quit saying that just blew me away. Or I tell you something I do not ever say that's popular right now. Give me a break. You really want a break? Which arm do you want broke? Which leg? Which foot? Which finger? You want a break? No, you know what I say? Give me strength. If I want to get, you know, my point of, give me strength. I thought, well, surely there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. We, we need, we got to clean this stuff up. Amen. What are you saying you don't need to be saying? I just hate traffic. Huh? You'll find it. You'll find it. Amen. I just hate going to Walmart. <laughs> We've all said that one recently at our house. Amen. Oh, pastor used to say this. I broke him of this one, though. 
this, he, he thought this was funny. Back in Texas, you know, we didn't have malls. We didn't know. And then 1972, they built one. I guess the first mall, and it was in Lubbock, and that was in the whole West Texas. And so I'd say, I'm going to Lubbock to the mall. And he said, are you going to get mauled? And then we got, and I'm like, I find, and he would say, I don't want to go to the mall with you. I might get mauled. I finally said, if you don't quit saying that, you're going to step out of your car one day and somebody's going to mug you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 Amen. Amen. Well, we help each other, don't we? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I got a lot of stuff more. Not a lot, but I'm not going to do it tonight. There's always next week. Amen. But we're, we're, the, we're that person to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap for your wife. Amen. Help her through the situations that women face. Don't just complain about it. Oh, you know, it's that time. That's what most men say. You want to make her mad, just say that. Because she's going to tell you that don't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> when all of us know it really does. <laughs> but we would deny it no matter what, wouldn't we, ladies? I mean, you know, be the intercessor for your husband, for your wife. Amen? It's, I will tell you something. I'll prove it to you next week. It's a sin not to pray. I'm going to show you. I'll you come back next week and I'll show you the scripture. And I guarantee you, you had never seen it before. But it's a sin not to pray. Amen. Well, let's stand up together. So if you're too busy, we'll fix it. I tell you, I, I got a new strength on me.